From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, where friends grow faith, enhance life, and build community together. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and special guest Shelley Miller. Shelley Miller is a ministry leader, blogger, and author. She created the Sabbath Society, an online community of people who make rest a priority, and has recently released her first book called Rhythms of Rest, Finding the Spirit of Sabbath in a Busy World. For those of you who have been with us from the beginning, this may sound a little familiar. In episode 5 on Sabbath keeping, Kimberly Coyle shared a little bit about how Shelley's weekly newsletter has encouraged her in her pursuit of Sabbath. Shelley, it's such an honor to have you here with us today. Well, it's an honor for me to be with you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear about your story and learn more about your new book. But before we get started, I'd love for you to join us in in answering this week's In Your Words question. Right now, what is your favorite way to relax? Shelley, why don't you go first? Well, I would say uh, it's gotten really cold here in London in the past week. So my favorite way to relax at the moment is with a nice warm cup of tea in my hand, um, looking out in my garden because the, the leaves are have turned here, but um, they're, they're all falling off. So I love to relax looking out the windows of my house at just what nature is doing in creation. So we have transition as uh, we're trans- often translate our hearts as well. That's how I like to re- relax at the moment. I normally like to walk around the city, but it's really cold. Okay, so my favorite way to relax, and of course now it is um, a little off season, but I love going to my sister's house down the Jersey Shore. Um, It sits on a um, nature preserve. And so there's always water and there's always some form of wildlife. You know, in the spring, there's um, goslings and baby swans and egrets. And in the winter, there's some really cool ducks and birds that kind of fly in and stay for a little while. I can't remember the name of this black and white one, but it was really cool. And and so any season, um, even though it seems like a summer thing, the shore, um, I just love to sit on her little back porch and the sunsets are the most magnificent daily show of splendor. I just, I relax and I, chill and I just absolutely love it. I love it if there's people there or if it's just me and just love to enjoy the nature too. So it's, it's beautiful. Oh, that is nice. I know shore houses and the beach can be beautiful in the off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like to work with my hands, but I like to do little crafty things. And it's been recently that I've discovered how much I miss it and how much I enjoy doing it. And yeah, I mean, it, it it, I like to do crafts with my kids, but when I can sit there and do them by myself and kind of at my own pace and maybe put some music on or put on a, a TV show that I wouldn't normally allow myself to watch during the day, it really helps me to kind of break away from whatever else is on my mind, and it just it allows me to relax. So I've really enjoyed doing Thanks. that. Recently, mm-hmm. I created, I learned how to create these flowers out of felt and just a hot glue gun. And I've kind of made a whole bunch of them and I was so much fun. And I was like, where, where can I put more of them? You know, (laughs) you'll have to do a little video tutorial for us as part of our show notes. (laughs) Yeah. 
So one of the reasons that I was excited to talk about the Sabbath is because Sabbath has played such an important role in me figuring out what it was that made me relax. Um, there was often times when I thought I knew what I wanted to do if I would only have the time. And then when I started practicing Sabbath, it wasn't necessarily true. I didn't enjoy them as much as I thought. And so that's why I'm so passionate about the Sabbath message is because it has truly helped me discover what I enjoyed to do and helped me to discover who God created me to be. And that's why when I discovered Shelley and the Sabbath Society, I was so excited about what she was saying. And I was so excited that there were people coming around that message and intentionally creating times of rest for themselves and to be able to um, follow everybody on Instagram and get the weekly newsletters, I was able to kind of, you know, breathe a sigh because the people in my real life, they're not trying to create Sabbath. They think it's impossible. They are busy. And so it was so wonderful to come alongside and be a part of that community. And so that's why I was so excited about Shelley's book and so excited to have her on today because um, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Mm-hmm. So um, before we get started, Shelly, you just want to tell us a few things about yourself and kind of how you ended up creating the Sabbath Society. So I am the mother of two, a 17-year-old son that lives us, with us here in London, goes to British schools, and then my daughter is 20 and she is, uh, we left her behind in Raleigh, North Carolina. My husband is a vicar here in London and as a minister, pastor, whatever that terminal is that works for you. But we have been in ministry for about 25 years. We have a passion um, to help people find calling and purpose. And um, so really the last three, in the last three, three years ago is when I started the Sabbath Society. And I started the Sabbath Society because I was tired. I was tired of being lonely living in a small southern coastal community, beautiful place called Polly's Island. A lot of people vacation there. It's between Myrtle Beach, Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, we were doing really well. We had a lot of, we were seeing a lot of fruitfulness in our ministry and making more money than we ever had in our 25 years of marriage together. Our kids were doing well academically, making friends, and um, all the outward signs that our life should have been happy, but inside no one would have ever known that I was walking around with a deep sense of loneliness. And so um, I, it was after Christmas, I was cleaning up like we normally do, putting Christmas decorations away, cleaning up the mess from Christmas. And I just abandoned everything and took a prayer walk in my neighborhood. And on that prayer walk, it was a bit of a wrestling match with God, asking him, you know, how can I feel the way that I do when I'm on a holiday or on vacation? You know that feeling that you have of um, being known, mm-hmm. you belong. You're with the people that really know you and um, accept you for who you are. And I just said to him, you know, I just believe you want us to feel this way more than a couple weeks out of the year. And oddly, curiously, on that walk, the answer I heard back was one word, and that was Sabbath. And I just began to think about Sabbath. Um, Quite honestly, Sabbath has not been something that I heard uh, preached or taught about much growing up in church. But um, as I began to think about Sabbath, I thought, you know, it is supposed to be a day that's different, set apart. 
uh, from the rest. It is sort of supposed to be like that same kind of time we set aside for a holiday. And so um, on that same prayer walk, I got the idea to begin practicing Sabbath and invite people to join because, you know, any discipline, exercise, diet, Bible reading, it's always a lot easier to do it in the company of friends. And so um, Sabbath Society was born and I invited people through the blog to join. That first week we had about 40 people sign up and now we have, well, we're approaching 2,000. So it's been really exciting over three years to watch that community grow Wanting to make rest realistic. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I I love the idea of people coming alongside each other and trying to reach a goal. So in this in this case would be Sabbath and making rest a priority in their life. And because oftentimes it can feel lonely when you're trying to do something new, especially something that kind of goes against the grain of our culture. And so it's it's been wonderful. I've enjoyed seeing the Instagram posts, following along, getting the newsletters. It's been, it's been good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I think, um, yeah, I think anything that we do that is new or a discipline, so to speak, something new that we want to incorporate as a rhythm of life, it takes a little perseverance. And I think when it comes to rest, um, interruptions are inevitable and we do tend to have ability to give up a lot easier when it comes to rest because we gain so much out of our productivity. So mm-hmm. I think it is uh, the community aspect surrounding making it do So when did you know that this could be a book and that other people wanted to read about this? Well, that's an interesting question because my first manuscript wasn't actually about Sabbath at all. It was a memoir and my agent shopped it around, got a lot of great feedback, but um, the feedback he got from almost 100% of, of the editors that read it said that there was just something missing, but nobody could name what that something was. And I find when that happens, when you don't get a yes or a no, there isn't a closed door, mm-hmm. um, that it's usually about timing, God's timing not being right. And so I, um, instead of being downcast about uh, the manuscript sort of being stuck in that place, I began to pray and ask God what it was that he was trying to say through it. And through two um, close friends in my writing life, Jennifer Dukesley and Deanne Moore, within minutes of each other, they both emailed me basically with the same message. And it was, why don't you start the second proposal and do a book about Sabbath? And, you know, I always thought that I would write a book about Sabbath, but I didn't want Sabbath to be my first book. I didn't want to be cast as the Sabbath lady. <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't want to be branded oh, well. <laughs> as, as the Sabbath lady, you know, and try to um, fight my way out of that when my agent assured me that he would not allow me to get into any Sabbath ghetto. So, <laughs> so uh, I literally went to a coffee shop uh, for about a week every day and used all the gift certificates, the gift cards we gotten at Starbucks and went every day and composed a proposal in a matter of a week. And uh, within days, we had response to it. So, Oh, wow. 
kind of an odd sort of circuitous route to get there. The odd thing is that it was all sitting right in front of me and I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, Maybe wow. I'm a little slow. Maybe that's part of the whole restfulness. That's part of the process. So from from the time you started the Sabbath Society till you sent in your book proposal on Sabbath, how long was that? Oh, well, let's see. Um, Well, I started the Sabbath Society three years ago. Mm -hmm. And like, oh gosh, I don't know the exact timeline, but I think the Sabbath Society would have been in existence for almost two years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so you always have such great resources about the Sabbath books that I love. Um, had you done any kind of study on Sabbath before the Lord spoke that word to you? Or was this something, was that just the beginning of a complete journey of growth in that area? No, it was a complete journey. It was, I was totally uh, blindsided by the whole Sabbath as the answer to my prayers. I had not, I had not researched Sabbath as a theologically or any other way was just something that sort of landed in my lap that became a curiosity and as I began to interact with people through the weekly emails and the Sabbath Society I began to see how God was using times of rest to really transform people's lives Mm -hmm. which was fuel to my curiosity you know to keep it going and um and yeah, the more I read about Sabbath, the more I read what other people write about Sabbath, the more the message began burning inside of me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the book Rhythms of Rest is really coupled with our journey, our Macedonian call to come to London. My husband and I, my husband left a job that he loved, really, about 15 years to... Um, to leave a church planning movement to come to London and do, well, we didn't really know what. It was a Macedonian call. We just called London, and we knew our hearts were tied to the people. And um, But it ended up being a nine-month painful waiting process to get here. And really writing about Sabbath was how God helped me get through that difficult time period. Mm, talk about timing. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it really was. And that's one thing I've I've learned, if nothing else, through this whole process of writing a book and moving to London, embracing a new culture, and um, being part of a wonderful community here, is that God's timing is always perfect. Yeah. And most always, we do not see evidence of that in our waiting period um, associate violence with cause ambivalence actually it's that mm-hmm. he's working really hard on our behalf but um, we can only see our side of the story but he's got all kinds of stories with ours that at the same time so yeah the the timing of the book seems really good I, I just you know for a long time I thought hearing about rest from other people and I thought well it's because it's on my mind it's on my heart it's sort of that God's called there but um, everywhere I go it seems to be resonating with people who are tired and weary mm-hmm. and don't know how to rest a big part of their life yeah 
What I do love about the book is that your story is weaved through it. So I'm not just reading something where someone's telling me what I should do to change my life, but you're actually sharing how you experience Sabbath, even in that period of uncertainty. Um, and what I also love is that you share stories from your Sabbath society. So I am essentially a stay-at-home mom, but I work from home. I have the podcast. I write in my own. And so when I talk about Sabbath, there's a lot of people who are like, well, it must be nice to be you. Like, you know, I, I do have flexibility in my week to kind of put a stake in the ground and say, I'm going to set this day aside. I have a lot more options than maybe somebody who works outside the home. So I've always hesitated to talk too much about it to people because I don't have any answers for somebody who's living a different life than mine. I know that I had to make a decision to stop being busy, to stop chasing after productivity, to stop making sure everything was done before I slowed down. Instead, slowing down in spite of everything being done. So I did have to make some hard choices and I had to really make a commitment to it. But what your book does is it shares people in different circumstances and how they made Sabbath a reality in their life. And I love that because it lets everybody know that it's possible and that God designed it. And if he designed it, he's going to make a way for you to enjoy it. Absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest fallacies with Sabbath is that we can rest whenever we do X, Y, or Z, or get X, Y, or Z done. You know, whenever I get the dishes done, the laundry done, the grocery stopping done, the whatever it is on your list of things to do. But when God created the seventh day, um, he called the day holy, which means set apart. But, you know, when we think about setting time apart, um, what does that mean? You know, I think a lot of times we think about holiness as perfectionism or a set of rules we have to follow but holiness and habits are intention in the same way it habits habits places that we go mm-hmm. so I think um, when we think about resting when we get everything done I think Jesus is our model and when he created the seventh day as a day of rest it wasn't a full stop it wasn't because he had everything done Right. Because he's in a constant state of creating. His imagination is big and he is constantly creating. His creating never ends. And so that sort of pressure that we put on ourselves to rest when we get everything done isn't really God given. Mm-hmm. It's, we're obviously getting something outside of God uh, from our productivity. And so I think that the fallacy is, you know, that we can only rest when we're in a certain stage of life or when we get done. And I think everybody, God created the Sabbath for us all. And I think what you said is really key, that our yeses and our noes are really, really important. A lot of times the reasons why we can't rest is because we've made our um, yeses and noes uh, sort of past day. You know? mm-hmm. mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the key for Sabbath for me was the preparation part. And you talk a lot in your book about that kind of anticipating that it's coming and preparing for it, whether it's through a pre-cooked meal or having something that's 
done and ready to go or knowing that that's the night of the week we're going to order in. And even I've seen with my work, I'm far more productive in the days leading up to my Sabbath because I know that that's when everything stops. And if it doesn't get done then, then it's not going to get done for another two days. And so I've really been mindful about how I use my time, which, which surprised me. So preparation is what we found in the Sabbath Society is it's really the key to making rest realistic. And so we walk all of our days out as Sabbath being the focal point. So it's the end game. It's the thing we look forward to the most. And I, the way I explain that is um, with the illustration of a dinner date with my husband. So when I plan a date with my husband, I'm thinking about, or we're both thinking about what we want to do, what kind of movie we want to see, what are we in the mood for, what genre, what kind of restaurant, what food do we want to eat. We got to think about making a preparation by making a reservation in advance. Um, In the early days of our children, it was getting a babysitter ahead of time. It was thinking about what the kids are going to eat when we're out. We're thinking about having eye contact with God. We're thinking about abiding with Jesus in a different way than is like a quiet time, a morning quiet time. This is an intentional time that we set aside to really rest in Christ. And um, and so what does that look like? It looks different for each of us. Uh, for me, it looks like writing down everything that I know that's coming for the week in my journal. And and checking those things off every day so that by the time I get down to, um, I normally Sabbath on beginning Saturday night through Sunday. And so by Friday, I like to have most of that list checked off. I like to have my grocery shopping done. I like to have meal plans done. Um, I like to pick meals that I'm gonna have leftovers with. Sometimes we use paper plates, those kind of things. Um, So all that work towards preparation is about getting to that sort of dinner date with Jesus where we, where I'm intentional about being with him, not just sort of napping on the couch, but doing things that are fun and mm-hmm. playful too. I'm taking walks with my camera, doing things that I enjoy um, because he's instilled within me passions for certain things. So does that make sense as far as preparation goes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. And so... Um, yeah, so I think unless we prepare ahead, unless we're intentional, intentional about intentional about planning Sabbath, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have some questions that kind of go even before the planning for it, um, Shelley, because I have not been on the same journey as I know Kimberly has been sharing her journey with me about Sabbath, and um, I am not yet a member of the Sabbath Society. I do have your book, and I've looked a little bit through it. But anyway, I would like to know some more of the foundational, um, I don't know, boundaries that you put around Sabbath. In other words, uh, traditionally for me, Sabbath has meant Sunday. You know, we're supposed to have a day of rest. We go to church. When I was a kid, we rested. We, we, you know, maybe had a family meal, um, hung out in the backyard. It was, it was a chill day and no stores were open. So that really helped with it being, um, a quiet day. So tell me a little bit about how we can move towards this, this Sabbath concept, 
um, personally and, um, you know, what are some boundaries maybe or ways of, of thinking about it or going towards it? Yeah, there's a couple things that's multi-layered. First of all, there is a lot of legalism associated with Sabbath, depending on how you were raised. My approach is that um, when God created the, the Sabbath as the fourth commandment um, in the Old Testament, there were dire consequences if you broke the Sabbath. It often meant death if you if you didn't actually abide by Sabbath law. But when Jesus died for us on the cross, I believe the Sabbath, you know, the Sabbath, the commandments are still true. The truth of the commandments never change. Um, but I believe that the, the Sabbath went from law to grace. And mm. so I believe my approach is rhythms versus routines. And so the difference between that would be in a routine, when we think of routines, we think of things like brushing our teeth and taking a shower taking the garbage out. If, if we take care of an ill person, they have a certain regime that they need to follow in order to feel well. Any misstep in any one of those routines and, and we suffer some unpleasant circumstances. We don't brush our teeth for a few days. We have smelly breath. We don't shower for a few days. We People might not like to sit near us. Um, you know, if we don't take the trash out, we're going to have a mess on our hands. And so it's the same with rest. If we make it into a routine and it has to be a certain day, a certain time period and look a certain way, the minute an interruption comes and it will come, we feel, um, we can feel a sense of failure in it. And I think when we adapt to Sabbath into a rhythm of rest, it becomes a freedom or a grace. And so I think of rhythms in terms of dancers. Um, modern dancers who perform and they are free-flowing they're um, they're illustrating their craft and their creativity and the way that they flow on the dance floor any misstep we'd never know it we wouldn't know because they're just creating art in front of us mm -hmm. and it's the same way when we approach rest um, I think for a lot of us we begin with a smaller amount of time than a 24-hour period. 24 hours just seems overwhelming to most of us. How in the world am I going to take 24 hours to do nothing but rest? And um, so a lot of us start with simple things like 15 minutes where we're intentional about having eye contact with God in whatever way that looks for you. It could be taking a lunch period alone on a park bench and journaling what you're hearing or what you're hearing your heart say. It can be taking a morning out where instead of jumping up and getting right into work, you're actually intentional about communicating with God. Or it can be taking a walk with your camera or just with your dog and just listening to sounds in nature. And so there's a lot of ways that we can um, approach time as being set apart. But the, the important thing is um, being set apart. Mm -hmm. Sabbath comes from the word uh, Shabbat, which means to cease or to stop, but it also means to celebrate. And a lot of times when we think about rest, we aren't thinking about celebrating. We're thinking about checking mm -hmm. out. <laughs> yeah. Sitting, sitting in a quiet room somewhere and <clears throat> no 
away from the world and going to sleep for a while or, or um, escaping. And so, um, yeah, I think if we approach time as set apart and different, that means it's going to look unique to each mm-hmm. one of us. Mm-hmm. It's set apart is going gonna, is gonna to look unique to each of us because we rest in unique ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like most things, if you have a misconception of what it really is, you don't experience the fullness of it. And so I do think that um, people's misconception of Sabbath prevents them from even attempting to partake in it because they don't know how they can fit it into their life. But when you yeah. think in terms of rhythms rather than routines, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah makes sense. I mean, there's been times when I've looked at my calendar and I've, and this probably would have tripped me up years ago because I like things a certain way. I like everything predictable. Um, if I know that my kids have one day off school during the week, I'll just switch mm-hmm. my Friday Sabbath to a Saturday Sabbath because I still need to get a certain amount of things done. But if I say, well, it's just not going to work out this week and I switch it to the following day, And then I reframe the way I think about that day. Sure, I still have to be on the soccer field. Sure, I still have, um, you know, to to drive the kids where they need to go. But I can reframe the way I think of that day and really look to capture every moment as a time of resting and connecting with God. And I found that to be really helpful to be able to flow in and out and change it if it's needed. Yeah. I think, you know, also simple things like here in London, everybody's constantly, if you're on the tube, you're on your phone, you're looking at your screen. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes just the simple act of sitting with your thoughts or actually being sensitive and attentive to the people that are around you. Mm -hmm. Um, I often pray for strangers when I'm sitting on the tube because I'm, I'm, God's giving me some way to pray for somebody that I'm I'm observing that I wouldn't be doing if I was looking at my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think just, just simple things like that, even when we're, you know, whenever we're sort of have that time to stop, might be in a doctor's office or when you're at practice with your kids, you know, soccer practice or whatever, we tend to um, fill that space mm-hmm. with chatter or with looking at our phone or getting something done. And sometimes it's just a grace to sit there with your thoughts and actually um, have a conversation with God in those, those times as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like it. So do you have any um, recommendations for our listeners who may be hearing this now as we go into the holidays and think, holy cow, how am I going to start Sabbath now? <laughs> <laughs> this all sounds it's... good, but maybe that I'll listen to this one again in January. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I think, you know, Sabbath really started for me during the Christmas season. That's when I became really curious about it. And not because I needed, not because I was really exhausted, although I'm sure I was. It was more about that sense of belonging and knowing that I'm not alone. And I think we all carry a a deep sense of needing to know that we're loved and known and that we belong. And I think during the Christmas season, we cultivate that in a, in a myriad of ways. But I think just like what we were talking about earlier, Kimberly, with preparation, I think sometimes it, during the Christmas season, we approached every opportunity um, 
as either an invitation to cultivate rest or an opportunity to um, be busy, then it might sort of change how we say yes and no to things. So Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so for me on Sabbath, I ask myself a question whenever I embark or begin to embark on an activity during my time of rest. Is this easy and does it make me feel light or is it a heavy thing and makes me feel burdened? So simple things like um, we tend to like to go the hundredth, not the extra mile, but the hundredth mile during Christmas. So instead of all of our packages looking, looking like Martha Stewart um, draft them, <laughs> is that going to make us feel rejuvenated? For some people, that kind of creativity is actually restful because mm -hmm. it's restorative, it's rejuvenating, it's something you don't normally do. But for other people, it be, can become this sort of heavy weight of measurement, you know, that makes you feel like you're not worthy or that you don't somehow belong to the Martha Stewart Christmas group. Mm -hmm. And so simple things like that, um, saying yes and no to things with rest as sort of the focal point of each week, even though it's going to be filled with activities of being with people and things, those activities can still be restful if they're in sort of um, keeping with the Sabbath heart. Yeah, I, I love the idea of running everything through that filter and, and deciding, yeah. is this going to be easy or is this going to be burdensome? Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. I think, you know, a lot of the things we do at Christmas, some of it is, uh, some of the, those things are responsibilities we gain because, our, well, our kids are in school and they have a lot of activities that they have to be participate in that we have to participate as well. Mm -hmm. But there are some extra things that we can then, um, choose to say yes or no to and put it through sort of that funnel of rest. You know, in the end, if I say yes to this, how is it going to, is it going to make me feel closer to Jesus or is it going to be just something to take me further away? Yeah. Do you have any tips for Sabbathing as a family? That's been a real interesting journey for us because, um, you know, when I first started talking to my husband about Sabbath, he, I said, you know, well, when do you want to take yours? And when, you know, he's like, well, I'm not going to take it when you take it because then who's going to like feed me and take care of me? <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not really like what it's about. <laughs> like, for you to pick a day that I'm not Sabbathing so I can wait on you. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> um, and so for a little while I was like, I was even, my feelings were even a little hurt, not because he wanted me to like, still meet his needs on a day when he's off. But, um, like, I was like, you don't want to take it together. Like we can be restful together. We could like, you know, I don't know, read books in bed and, and we neither of us drink coffee, but you know, like drink something we like. And I, like, he just was like, why, why would we do that? So, so, um, <laughs> my kids and my husband take it on Saturdays and I, I typically take it on a Friday, although as we go into the holidays and with lots of school days off, I've kind of been taking it on Saturdays, but, mm -hmm. um, 
it's just interesting, like trying to figure out what it looks like for my kids. So it looks like them not making their beds, not doing any chores, me not asking anything of them that day. Um, and they, they've had sports. So I've tried to say, okay, you have something in the morning, but you have the rest of the day to do whatever you want. So you enjoy soccer, get out there, have a good time. And when we come home, like do what you want to do. Right. And so, and, and it is, it's interesting because I'm trying to help my kids discover what it is that they like to do, which you yeah. would, wouldn't think would be necessary. Yeah, mm. that's good. Well, yeah, that is think, good. Yeah, it is good because I think a lot of times um, we do sort of put upon kids what they need to, what clubs they need to be in, organizations, what, you know, what sports they need to be in. And sometimes we're sort of always have uh, the back of their shoulders, so to speak, guiding them through everything. And, and sometimes they lose a bit of who they are in that because um, mm. they don't have the space to really just be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do think as far as family goes, um, one of the my favorite parts of Rhythms of Rest is a story about that Allie shares in there about um, she has, I believe it's five children, and they she and her husband are both students. They're going to school and working. And uh, they set aside Sabbath the same day, and it just didn't work. The kids got sort of bitter about it mm. and realized that they were sort of putting upon them how they wanted to rest. And they, instead of um, dictating how their time of rest would look like for everybody, they actually had a family meeting, and each person went around and expressed how they would enjoy resting. And when they did that, it gave everybody the freedom to express rest in the unique way God created them. And they all rest differently, but they honor the way that each person rests. But I think the main thing is communicating about that mm-hmm. with your kids, you know, just communicating about the importance of rest. I do find the more we practice Sabbath in our homes, the more contagious it becomes to those in our homes. Oh, yeah. And so for me, I never, when I started Sabbathing, I never um, put that upon my family, that they had to do it too. Mm-hmm. I, I just began to practice myself. My husband and I take uh, often take a different day to Sabbath because his day off is Friday. And mm-hmm. mine, I usually uh, Sabbath on Sunday because Friday is often a work day for me. But like you, Kimberly, I off, we often will, um, will sometimes do that together. I'll take Friday off. And we'll just, you know, plan a date. We'll go in a different part of London, maybe have coffee in a cafe where we normally have it at home. Just whatever it is that makes the day feel different. We'll walk around in an art museum or um, just, you know, walk around a different part of London to enjoy something we haven't seen before. So, um, and, the, and the day does feel restful because we've done something different than we normally do. Yeah, I like doing that too. Mm, love it. And I have found that when I committed to Sabbath, my family could tell I was taking it seriously and they definitely respected it. You know, at first I thought, how am I going to get, how am I going to do this? And I mean, my, my youngest is nine, so he can understand, you know, I don't have toddlers right now. (laughs) Um, So it, it may be easier for me than some, but it got to the point where on Fridays they'd be like, oh yeah, it's your Sabbath. It's cereal day. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. Like mom's not doing nothing. Um, and, and then there would be times when they would also 
like they weren't sure for whatever reason because the busy the week was busy and they'd be like is today your sabbath and i'd be like yeah they'd be like okay you want to snuggle and watch tv because they know it's a total pass to like just hang with mommy on the couch yeah um so they are mindful of it they do want to (laughs) know i mean my daughter's even had opportunities to babysit and she's and i'm like you know the go-between between the mom that needs the baby you know the the babysitter and she's my daughter's texting me it's my sabbath I'm like, but you need money to pay your phone bill, so take your Sabbaths on Sunday, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You have to be flexible. I Um, love that. That's amazing. You know, I've talked to several parents of kids who um, they made Sabbath sort of a practice in their home for while their kids were growing up. And when they went to Mm -hmm. college, they really missed Mm. that rhythm and Mm -hmm. began to, after some time, adapt a Sabbath rhythm while they were in college, even knowing they had papers do all kinds of homework to do when they took the time off a hundred percent of the people said hundred percent of the students said that they actually got the work done Um, oh it's awesome god really redeems our time when we Mm, 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 absolutely that's really what sabbath is all about is trusting god with our time Mm -hmm. and we say our time is yours and we take our hands off our work, off of creating, and we trust that he is in charge of our minutes. So, um, yeah, I love that, that you're doing that with your kids now. Yeah. Because they, it will be part of their DNA as they grow up. I think even stories I share in Rhythms of Rest is how my grandparents adapted Sabbath rhythms for me as a child. But I wasn't aware of it until I became an adult. And the way they did that was they came and picked me up every weekend of my childhood. My mother was an alcoholic, bipolar. Our life during the week was very chaotic, erratic, unpredictable. But every weekend of my childhood, my grandparents drove two hours to pick me up. Mm. They me up, take me to their house. When I walked in the house, all the furniture was in the same place. Mm. There was a real security there. And they did sweet things for me, like bake my favorite every week and we watched primetime television together and mm-hmm. we did fun field trips to places that they knew I loved and that time was really set apart and different than the rest of the time during the week mm. and, um, and so I grew up uh, really relishing in those memories that yeah. were so intentional so sweet you know it's interesting when you say that Shelley I think about God that's what he's offering us. He's yes. offering us that time to step away and commune with him and he'll take care of us and he'll nurture us uh, in the same way that your grandparents did. That's really. Yeah. yeah. I often say I've been saying on my uh, book tour as I've been speaking in different places that Sabbath is really God's way of parenting us. Mm. And we never get to the place where we're too old to be parented. We always oh. need a father. Oh, good. It's not too late for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he knows what he's doing. He knows what we need, and he knows what we need for our relationship with him, you know, to slow down and connect with him. He knows what our physical bodies need. And, um, you know, it's not a, it's not a mistake that he rested and, and it wants us to share the same experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think about this whole political climate that we're in with this election year. 
others we're just all carrying so much unrest in our mm-hmm. inside in our hearts and our minds. so true mm-hmm. and we often you know a lot of us are i think we'd be less than honest if we didn't say um you know that we wonder where god is in all this you know mm, yeah in this way feels like god is silent and um in some ways even though we know he's not mm-hmm. and i think you know be still and know that I am God. That's how we know God is at work, is when we're still. Mm-hmm. And we are, True. with all the technology, as great as it is, we're losing the ability to contemplate, ruminate, and to ponder mm-hmm. 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 in a way um, that we really need, that God built in our DNA. So the way we know that he's at work the way we know him and we do that when we do that in Sabbath it is transformational it is restorative and it becomes sort of this thing that you don't want to do without it becomes an addiction you know because there's nothing greater Mm -hmm. than being in the presence of God and being near to the father heart of God and the more we do that the more we long for it and so that was God's intention in Sabbath all along, that it would be a gift of his presence with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that. If if there's a week that I don't take it, I feel it. And it's not like a in a tangible way, but it's like this, this feeling that I'm just off kilter a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like it's just yeah. enough to make me feel like, yeah, something's missing. Mm-hmm. I feel the same it, it becomes sort of this sacred time set apart that you don't want to miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Sounds awesome. All right. Well, Shelly, I am so grateful that you joined us today because, um, like I said in the beginning, I love the message of the book and I love um, the power that Sabbath has and all the reasons why God created it. Um, so to wrap us up, would you tell us where we could find you online? Yes. I'd be happy to. My website is at ShellyMillerWriter.com. All one word, ShellyMillerWriter.com. And I'm on Facebook, the same, Shelly Miller Writer. And on Instagram, the same, Shelly Miller Writer. Those okay. are the places where I frequent the most. All right. That's fantastic. All right. Well, everything you heard here today can be found in the show notes. If you subscribe to the newsletter at circlesoffaith.org, you'll get the show notes, resources, and bonus content delivered right to your inbox. You can also subscribe to us in iTunes and Stitcher. If you're enjoying this show, let us know by leaving a review for us in iTunes or giving us a shout out on social media at Circles of Faith. 